Refresh. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your boy, The Muffin Man, coming back at you again with another episode of Refresh Podcast. I am so excited to be back with you guys for another message this week. I hope your Monday is off to an absolutely incredible start so far. And uh, without further ado, once again, this is episode four of our Why Jesus Christ series. Um, I hope you guys have really just been enjoying this series. It's been getting a lot of good response, and so I'm super excited to bring you episode four. But before we jump into that, let's open up in prayer and get this thing rolling. Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to deliver this word to your people. God, every man and every woman of every nationality, of every country, Lord, every pair of ears that finds this podcast episode, God, I pray that you would just anoint my lips and that it not be my words alone. Prepare the hearts and the ears of the listener to receive a word from you. God, that the seeds of this message will be implanted into their hearts, God, that it would be watered for the harvest, Lord, that is to come. Father, we thank you and we give you the highest praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, guys, it's Why Jesus Christ Episode 4. And Jesus Christ Episode 4. Why Jesus Christ Episode 4. He is for you. You can be encouraged today to know that he is for you. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. Is that cool? All right, wherever you are, you don't have to close your eyes to think. You can just, I want you to brainstorm with me. I want you to begin to gather thoughts to accommodate the words that I'm about to say to you. I want you to think with me for a moment. Have you ever been to a library before? Do you know what a library is? Maybe you haven't, maybe you have, but this, you know, a library is a place filled with all sorts of materials, books of all sort. You have books that are non-fictional, you have books that are fictional, you have books that are chapter books, you have books that are picture books, you have books that are for adults, books that are for children, books that are for teenagers, you have DVDs and audio books and comic books and all kinds of stuff, magazines, but let me ask you. Can you just pick up one of these sources? Can you just find one of these sources that I mentioned? He said, man, I really like this. I think it'd be cool if I brought this home. Would they? Would you think they would just let you take it home? Well, no, of course not. They, they wouldn't let you take it out of the door. That is their property. That belongs to the library. They wouldn't let you just take one of their things that belong to them unless you have a library card. When I was in second grade, I got my library card, and then I began to um, go to the library more and more um, just out of hobby throughout that course until I got to high school, and I had to go for schoolwork. So, I mean, I, I did a lot of work with my library card and checking out comic books and mangas and all those different things, you know. But the library card is a symbol of your membership to the library. That This library card says, hey, you are a member, and it shows that you understand what is required of you. That if you're interested in the book or the source that you have selected, that you're able to have it in your possession for up to two weeks. And anything after that two-week mark, you would be charged a late fee. 
But, you know, having that library card meant that you were held accountable for taking care of that specific book or resource that you're checking out. Now, I want you to pause that for a second. I want you to hold on to that thought and I want you to remember that thought. Uh, thought. We are going to revisit that in just a wee bit moment. But why Jesus Christ? Why can I trust that he is the best way? Why is he the only way? Because he is for you. And it all starts with inviting him to become a part of your life. Now, I know this begins to sound like a broken record because you probably heard me say this in the last three parts of this series that, oh, you have to invite Jesus to your life. Oh, you have to invite Jesus to your life. Oh, you have to, because that's how a relationship starts, right? If you're building a relationship somebody with somebody, whether you want them to be a friend or you want them to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, you know, you're just reaching out to be nice, it all starts with that first encounter. And that first encounter is sitting an invite. Maybe you're on social media, you're following them maybe you're on on snapchat or facebook to where you got to request them you know whenever you got to send them a a friendship request or maybe you're taking that little risky the little heart racing thing of sending them a message in the dms whatever it is you're sending out that invitation for them to become a part of your life and the jesus christ is no different that we have to invite him to be a part of our life because that's how this life with Jesus Christ starts. But here's the coolest thing about that is that Jesus chose us first. 1 John 4.19 tells us that we love because he loved us first. Jesus set the example. He said, I love you first. Hey, I love you first. This love is isn't exclusive to a specific people group. This love isn't made to a specific style of person. I don't have to be a person with white skin or black skin or tan skin or, you know, whatever. I I don't have to be a man or a woman. I don't even have to be a good person or a bad person to accept this love, to be chosen into this love, to be accepted by uh, this family. But before you can even comprehend what love was... He loved you first. I want you to think of it like a cup. Now, you know, I've never been offered a cup before and said, I can't drink out of this. It's a yellow cup, and I don't drink out of yellow cups. Or, oh, this cup has flowers on it, and I don't drink out of cups that have flowers on it. Or, you know, I've never said, I can't drink out of this. It's styrofoam, or it's plastic, or it's paper, or it's too tall, or it's too short. No, no, I never said any of those things. I've taken cups graciously because it's not about what the outside of that cup is. It's about what's on the inside, and that's the thing. We are cups. We are containers and we are vessels made to hold the love of God within our very beings. It's not about the outside of that cup and what's on that cup, but it's about that if that cup has a hole in the bottom, because then it becomes a problem. Because when you begin to try to put something inside of a cup that has a hole on the bottom, it won't be able to contain the things that you're trying to put inside of it. So here it is. You have this opportunity to invite Jesus, and you do that. And you accept him into your life. And you say, you know what, Lord, I do what it says in Romans to confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and to believe in my heart that God rose him from the dead and that because of that, that I can live, I can be redeemed, I can have salvation. 
So now that makes you a citizen of heaven. Isn't that exciting? Congratulations if you have done that through the process of this series of why Jesus Christ that you've accepted Jesus. I commend you. Job well done. I am so excited. I am incredibly proud of you that you have accepted Jesus Christ because now you are a citizen of heaven. And that is so exciting. But, you know, what does that look like? What is... What does being a citizen of heaven exactly look like? Well, let's talk about it. Well, firstly, you'll get to live eternally with your creator. Because here's the thing, guys. Whenever we die, I want you to I want to let you in on a little secret. So lend your ear, turn your volume up, um, stop whatever you're doing. And here's the thing. Whatever you do with your life here, your life in this life, your life here on earth is not forever. One day, your life will perish. One day, your life will be over. The statistic that my pastor says is one in one every person passes away. The Bible says that life is like a vapor in the wind. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. And we've all, we've all lost loved ones that in our opinion, if it was up to us, we'd say it was premature. But here's the thing. Our lives don't last forever here on earth. And whatever you do with your life here impacts your life in the next. So if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're guaranteeing yourself a spot to live eternally with your Creator. But if you reject Jesus Christ and you say, that's not for me, and you say, I'm not going to follow Him because I don't think I can trust Him, or I don't think He's real, or I don't think I'm good enough, you're earning yourself a spot in hell. Because you're rejecting Jesus. Because you're more comfortable in your sins and having fun. There is no in-between. It's heaven or hell. There's no in-between. So here's the thing. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Congratulations. Now you have an inheritance that you can look forward to. And that makes you a citizen of heaven. But now you have a power that is entrusted to you. And it is poured into your cup. Your cup's been repaired. There's no hole in your cup. You can retain what's being poured into you. And that power being Holy Spirit. That power being that now when you're accused for your old life, that you have a new life that you can look forward to. That you have a new life that you can get excited about. And so I want to read to you the perfect example that shows you what this citizenship looks like. And it comes out of Zechariah chapter 3, and it says this, And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand? Plucked out from the fire. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, and standing before the angel, he spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. Again he said to him, See, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and will clothe you with festal robes. And then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So that they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments, while the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the <coughs> excuse me, and, and the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, "Thus says the Lord of hosts: If you will walk in my ways, and if you will perform my service, then you will also govern my house and 
also have charge of my courts and I will grant you free access among those who are standing here. So basically a recap here of what's going on is Satan is standing before Joshua telling God all the reasons why Joshua can't be redeemed of all the things that Joshua has done because you know what Joshua you know you did this Joshua you did this Joshua you did this. And and Lord rebukes Satan and says, no, that's not Joshua anymore because Joshua's been redeemed, because Joshua's been restored. And it says that he takes off the filthy garments of him and he says that I have cleansed you. That word iniquity means sin. I have cleansed you of your sins. I have cleansed you of the things that you've done wrong. I have forgiven you. In the, the New Living Translation, a few others, it says that it is referred to as, is he not the stick that was snatched from the fire? The stick that was snatched from a fire. You ever snatched a stick from the fire before? That stick is burning and you put that that burning out. You got the, the charcoal. You got it all looking black and, and a little burnt. But you know what? We're the stick. That's what we are, guys. We deserved hell. We were on our way to sin because a sin is the wages of death. And we were going to die without Jesus. That means that we're on our way to hell. But Jesus stepped forward and he redeemed us. And he forgave us of our sins. Satan comes to accuse us of our old life, to overshadow our redemption, but we have Jesus Christ. And because of that life, we have someone who fights for us. He is for you. He is not against you. And lastly, I want to leave you with this. In John 15, 5 and 6, it says that I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him He bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If we abide in Jesus and he abides in us, then we will bear fruit. We will do great things as long as we're connected with his heart and he is connected with ours. But the moment we try to operate in our own power, and guys, I am so guilty of that. I have done a lot of trying to operate in my own power in the last few weeks, and let me tell you, it never ended well. It it ended in misery. It ended in loneliness. It ended in canceling plans that I made with people. Guys, we're not fruitful when we try to operate in our own power. Fruit doesn't grow when we operate in our own power. We can't do anything apart from Jesus. And if we don't abide in Jesus, it's like a branch that dries up and they're thrown into the fire and burned. So what's the common denominator in these scriptures? Well, here it is. We have to, first off, we have to do life with Jesus Christ. When we abide in him, we will see fruit. We will see miracles. We will see favor. We will see prayers answered. We will see joy restored. We will see freedom Because Jesus Christ, he is for you. Now, do you remember that library that I told you to think about in the beginning of this episode? Well, today I've offered you a library card. I have made you aware of your responsibility and your accountability. 
You have the opportunity to take home the resources that are made available to you. But you can keep it a lot longer than two weeks, friend. You can keep it for the rest of your life. Let these seeds penetrate the soil of your heart and that you can allow Jesus to come and to water those seeds that they can grow great fruit. That when the harvest of your life comes, and for you, you might not understand what this means, but I'm going to break it down for you right fast. That if you or diligently, if you are being faithful to chasing after Jesus and living a life with Jesus, and he is a part of your life, then you're going to see great things happen in your life. Dad, when the whole world around you is crumbling and crashing, and, and, and ever, it seems like the world's being taken over by by people or, or diseases or, or the appeal of others or being accepted by others or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You know about your own life. You are responsible for what you do with it. You're responsible for what you do with what's offered to you. Here's Jesus. I can't accept Jesus for you. I can only tell you about him. I can only share with you why he's the best way, but it's not up to me to do that for you. It's your responsibility. Just like when you check out a a library book at the library, you are held responsible for whatever happens to that library book. If that library book gets wet or torn up or lost, you have to pay for it to replace it. You are responsible for whatever happens with what you check out, with what you use your library card for. And the same thing could be said about the kingdom of God. You are held responsible for what you do with the time that is given to you here on earth. Don't waste it. A closed book never did anybody good, so don't let your branches dry out. And don't try to do it yourself. Stay active in the Word. If you are afraid of the Bible and you don't know how to read it, or if you don't know how you can even trust the Bible because it's been written by man, let me tell you something. There's no way that the Bible that we have right in our very possession here today can be written in completely completely and entirely by man alone because man first off is not a willing to admit his failures and shortcomings the time periods of these authors all saying the same thing i'll tell you like this if i gathered so many people in one room and i said i want you to write on this specific topic it's very unlikely that every person in the room is going to say the same thing but the bible can be trusted but if you have a closed bible It's never going to do you any good. Closed Bible means that you're going to let your branches dry out. If your mouth is closed and you're not praying, your branches are going to dry out. If you're not worshiping, if you're not setting aside time for God, your branches are going to dry out. Don't try to do it yourself. Why Jesus Christ? Because he loved you first. Because he has defended you before the accuser, before the father. Because if you abide in him and he in you, you'll see fruit. Why Jesus Christ? Because he is for you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. God, I thank you for every man and every woman, every boy and every girl. God, every person that you have loved, that you have ordained, that you have called according to your purpose, Lord. Father, I thank you 
for whoever's listening to this message right now. And I pray that they would be blessed. God, I pray that they would be encouraged, God, that they can choose Jesus Christ today because he is for them and not against him. God, that whenever they trust Jesus Christ, that it invites them, Lord, that it enables them to be a citizen of heaven. God, that they can have the inheritance of living a life with you that never perishes. God, that they can have the ability, Lord, to abide in you and understand the concept of if I am a part of Jesus and he is a part of me, that my life will reflect greatness. My life will glorify him. God, I pray that whoever's listening to this, that they, whatever it is that they're facing, whatever it is that they're going through, God, if the enemy is accusing them of their old life and sinful nature and things that they have done wrong, that is paralyzing them from living a life that is reflecting and pleasing to you, then God, I pray that the enemy right now would be silenced in Jesus' name. God, that just as you rebuked the enemy in Zechariah 3, God, that we do the very same things in your word that we rebuke the enemy right now in Jesus's name God that we begin to know that what you have said about us God that you've taken our filthy garments off God that you've cleansed us from our sins God that you have forgiven us and God you have made us new God help us to remember that you alone are worthy and God that whenever we or in a place where we don't feel loved, that we can be reminded, God, that you loved us first before we even knew what love was. God, I thank you that you are for us, and we give you the highest praise because you're so good. God, we thank you, and we just we give you the highest praise, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Refresh Podcast, where Christ goes before us to bring you another refreshing word. This has been your boy, The Muffin Man. I love you guys. I, I pray that you share this episode with somebody that you think needs to hear Jesus, somebody that you love, that you can share this series with them, that they can be encouraged that why should I choose Jesus Christ? Because he is for you. He's not against you. Guys, I cannot wait to be back with you for next week's episode of this series, the last part of this series, episode five. It is going to be so good. I am so excited. You don't want to miss it. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Take it easy. Don't be cheesy. I love you.